We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another episode of, of Bangerangs and Daggers. I'm your solo host of the show tonight, Kevin Knight, out here on the East Coast. And I'll be running down a breakdown of the Nebraska Cornhuskers season. Uh, we'll be comparing it stats-wise to uh, some of the prior teams more recently and also uh, some advanced stats breakdown of them compared to uh, first seasons under prior head coaches. Uh, we'll take a look at some of the transfers coming into the program, uh, transfers that are uh, getting interest from the team, and finally we'll talk about some schedule news for next season. Uh so without further ado, let's get into it, shall we? Uh, as you all know, Kobe Webster and Kobe King are both incoming this season, or uh, rather for next season. Kobe Webster from the Western Illinois Leathernecks and Kobe King, obviously, from Wisconsin. Uh, both should be fairly good players. We did talk about them a little bit with Nate and also with Patrick before, so I won't go in into too much detail, but once again, just to go back and look at it here, uh, Kobe King was doing pretty well as a freshman back in 17-18 before going down with a knee injury, or I'm, I'm sorry, that was uh, his, um, yeah, his freshman year. Um, so he was averaging 5.2 points, uh, shooting 45.7% from the field overall, pretty good numbers. Uh, then his sophomore suffered a knee injury. Uh, but came back this year and was averaging 10 points a game, 2.8 rebounds, going 45.9% shooting from the field. Overall, a pretty solid player. Um, expect him to provide some good, solid minutes for the team overall. Um, he is a pretty big get uh, for Nebraska in this one. So it should be uh, somebody who is starting or uh, first man off the bench, most likely type of scenario here, depending on how the rest of the roster shakes out. As for Kobe Webster, uh, Webster comes in um, after averaging 17.1 points and 3.6 assists per game at Western Illinois, uh, shot 41.7% overall from the field this past season. Uh, pretty Pretty good numbers. Um, obviously, compared to King, Webster will have a little bit of a increase in competition, obviously. Um, you know, he played in the Summit League against teams like UNO, Purdue-Fort Wayne, North Dakota, both Dakota States. Um, you know, some lesser competition, obviously, so there will be a bit of a, bit of a curve when it comes to uh, Big Ten play, obviously. Um, but, but, you know, six foot 160 pounds he'll be a bit on the shorter side like most of the roster it seems um but overall uh quite a good get for uh the huskers in this one um the other news uh, as far as the transfer market goes right now is nebraska reached out to wichita state's eric stevenson um wichita state uh kind of cleaned the clock with nebraska in the um quote-unquote secret scrimmage uh, back in the preseason. 
Um, I don't remember if we actually got what the uh, score was in that or how necessarily it was run, but generally Wichita State did pretty well uh, against our Huskers, as sadly most teams did on the final scoreboard for most of the season this past year. Uh, Stevenson averaged 11.1 points per game last season, uh, managed 29 points against Ole Miss when he went 9 of 15 from the field. Um, He would be a pretty good uh, player um, overall. He'd be a good addition. He's a sophomore. He'd most likely end up sitting out next season as a red shirt and uh, then manage to uh, have two years remaining at that point. Um, So, you know, Hopefully we'll get him. Um, would be a good get. So uh, let's move on to breaking down how the Huskers did this year um, beyond just the simple, uh, you know, finishing 14th in the Big Ten. Uh, so let's. What I want to do is compare them to uh, some of the previous uh, first year teams under uh, former head coaches. Now with um, the, uh, what is his name? Um, Bear with me one second here while I remind myself. Uh, With Barry Collier, my apologies. Uh, Barry started before uh, how far back Ken Palm data goes back for. So we won't quite be able to compare apples to apples with him. It will be his second year. Um, but for Ken Palm, Nebraska was 103rd in Collier's second year uh, as compared to the first year under head coach Doc Sadler. They finished ranked 82nd uh, for Tim Miles. They finished 152nd and uh, then for uh, Nebraska under the first year of head coach uh, Fred Hoiberg, they finished way back at 162nd. Um, that's just how they finished overall in the series. But let's look down at some of the uh, broken out data. First off is Collier uh, finished 118th for adjusted offense, 119th for adjusted defense. Tempo was 225th. 225th in tempo, people. Uh <laughs> And then uh, the adjusted strength of schedule was 75th. So against a uh, 75th tier strength of schedule, Nebraska did manage to finish 103rd. So, yeah, not exactly the toughest schedule. Uh, It's not top 50, but, I mean, bear in mind, um, I, I don't remember off the top of my head how many teams there were in 2002, but it was not too far off the 354 or so that we have right now in D1 basketball. Uh, so when you bear that in mind, 75th for a D1 program in a P6 conference, um, not, not particularly a tough schedule. It's one that you'd look at right now, and if it were – um, yeah, I mean, honestly, if it was Nebraska of 2000, um, 2017-2018, uh, that type of um, schedule is what you would see 
not making it into the NCAA tournament, frankly. Uh, it, it's that's if you're a bubble team, that's going to hurt you pretty bad if you have that kind of a weak schedule. So uh, go to 2007 now. Uh, let's take a look at uh, Doc Sather's first season. Nebraska finished 82nd in Ken Palm that year. Uh, they were ranked in the top 100 in uh, most categories here. They were 95th in adjusted offense. They were 89th in adjusted defense. Um, they were absolutely atrocious as a tempo team. They were 297 on that. Darn near the bottom of the pack at that. Uh, so that one does stand out against the other ones. Um, but they do rank 60th overall in strength of schedule. So about 50, uh, was 15 higher. And they're about, uh, they finished 21 higher overall uh, compared to uh, Collier on that one. Um, now, if we go to Tim Miles, now we're in the Big Ten, mind you. Uh, this is the last season. No, I'm sorry. It's uh, This is when they announced that Rutgers and Maryland were being added. So it was still just 12 teams at the time. Uh, at that point, Nebraska finished 152nd in Ken Palm on that one. Um, so he's actually significantly worse than Collier, and he's significantly worse than Doc Sadler. Uh, but he did face the 11th ranked uh, strength of schedule uh, in that. So, I mean, he's significantly worse, but the competition is also significantly higher that he faced throughout the season. Um, overall, the team managed 12 and 18 that year. Uh, as far as offense, he was 162nd uh, for adjusted offense and 148th adjusted defense and 300 and 14th for adjusted tempo. Uh, not exactly numbers that you're going to want to hang your hat on. And no surprise here, uh, you know, Nebraska did not do particularly well that season, obviously. Um, not a, a great year for Tim Miles in his inaugural season. Um, and then finally, we have Fred Hoiberg, who finished 162nd in Ken Palm. Adjusted offense was 190th. Adjusted defense, 152nd. However, he did have the adjusted tempo of 16th in the nation uh, per Ken Palm. And uh, strength to schedule, he was ranked 8th. So bear in mind, uh, you're facing, uh, uh, and actually um, I'll highlight adjusted defense, they were ninth. So the opponents that they faced defensively uh, overall was a strength to schedule that was the ninth. Um, toughest in terms of defenses that you you were playing against um, throughout the entire season. If you took your schedule as a you know as a whole, um, you know. Uh, so I mean, when we talk about Hoiberg in this, um, you know, I, taking out the equation of the fact that it was drastically different, that he had a completely cobbled together roster of just basically who was available if we're being honest. For the most part, it's a little bit of what it kind of amounted to. And there were really a couple comments last summer that kind of hinted in a polite way of coach speak exactly that. Um, you look at this, and they actually managed to do probably about as well as every other first-year head coach who didn't have a cobbled-together roster, 
though perhaps not one that necessarily best fit their style of play. Um, but I mean, when you look at 75th strong, uh, strongest strength of schedule for uh, Collier in the Big 12, and then you look at 60th for um, for Doc Sadler, it's not it's just not remotely the the same ballpark on this um, in, in terms of the overall uh, brutality of getting through the conference schedule that Hoiberg had to do, and that was even if it were. Even if we took away the fact that it was 20 games now in the Big Ten, uh, it's just it's a it's a brutal gauntlet to try and get through with how strong the Big Ten was on this. Um, yeah, you know, so let's compare this with Miles more so, since it was Big Ten versus Big Ten. 2012, uh, we see Tim Miles go 12 and 18 overall, and we see Hoiberg go 7 and 25 overall um yeah eighth toughest strength of schedule versus miles had 11th miles had a much much tougher non-conference schedule that year um the big 10 was also a lot stronger that year than it was um the big 12 rather uh i, I suppose one could argue where it actually um 2017-18 um is the one that i i meant to highlight as uh miles had a much weaker Big Ten that year um, overall. And despite winning, I believe it was 13 conference games that season, uh, they did not make the Big Ten tournament, or uh, the, the NCAA tournament, rather, uh, just because they had too many close losses. And that one, uh, they managed to finish 107th in Ken Palm. Um, you know, I'm sorry, I'm using the wrong season here that's 2016 17 i wanted 2018 my apologies um bear with me here i'm sorry they finished 55th in ken palm um they went 22 and 11 that year and had the 75th best offense 44th best defense uh their tempo was only 214 but they had the 59th ranked strength of schedule which is why they didn't end up in uh the NCAA tournament was they just had too many uh, weak teams that they played and too many good teams that they lost close to that season. Um, so uh, that that was the the point that I wanted to make there compared to um, when uh, you had Sadler and Collier uh, way down in terms of their strength of schedule and finishing better. Um, you know, but also it wasn't uh, Miles' first year on that one. Uh, so, you know, basically sort of a, a defense that I wanted to make of uh, Hoiberg did fairly comparable overall. Uh, I, I think when you try to break down the numbers a little bit, he's not, he's not really that different, despite the fact that you look at the overall, you break down the categories – He's not necessarily as far off as anybody else when you uh, kind of stop and think about it logically a bit. Um, you also just don't have the same type of scenario. Uh, they weren't walking into as established of a conference as the Big Ten was this year. They, uh, Collier, uh, Sadler, and Miles just did not have the, the level of depth that this conference had. Um, and that will bring me to another point that I wanted to uh, transition to, 
as soon as we get back. All right, so we're to that point in the season where, since we don't have an NCAA tournament, uh, we tend to now move on to uh, all the different departures that we start seeing. Um, At this point, uh, Nebraska is losing at least three players. Uh, Deshaun Burke and Gervais Green are gone. Cam Mack uh, has announced he's departing. Uh, to pursue the NBA draft, but he is maintaining eligibility. It's been said it's unlikely that he will come back, as we've said before on the podcast. Uh, that'll TBD, uh, obviously. But um, And we obviously already lost Samari Curtis out over the uh, winter break. Uh, besides that, Ohio State has lost DJ Carton. And Wisconsin, obviously, as we know, lost Kobe King, who is coming to uh, Nebraska. The Maryland Terrapins lost also over winter break. The Mitchell Twins and Illinois uh, had Alan Griffin leave. Uh, Besides that, we have heard um, announcements by uh, Tuvru out of Minnesota is leaving for the NBA. Um, and also today, Nick Ward, or I'm sorry, not, not Nick Ward, Xavier Tillman announced uh, at Michigan State that he is uh, putting his name in the draft, but he is maintaining his eligibility. Um, so that is unclear at this point what will or won't happen. There's still a lot of other names to uh, wait and see what happens in terms of Uh, who may be gone or may not be gone. In particular, this year just featured a uh, plethora of talented big men, and there's a number of them that could easily leave. Uh, Wouldn't necessarily all be drafted, but uh, definitely could make their way up in the G League and have some time in the NBA in all likelihood. Um, So there's a host of talent that could or uh, could definitely be gone. Um, uh, so there'll be some developments in the next couple of weeks over that. Um, and then, uh, that brings me to the next point on next season that I want to talk about, which is there is a rumor going around that Nebraska is in talks with Kansas state right now. Uh, the, the old big 12, big eight rivals, uh, I guess rivals. I mean, did Nebraska have any rivals in the Big Eight or Big Twelve in basketball? Uh, anybody actually have any thoughts on that? Feel free to to say so in the comments or you know reply on Twitter, what have you. Um, I, I my assumption is no, not really. Uh, kind of have to be more of a competitive program to <laughs> have to throw a little bit of shade, but. Um, yeah, you have to be a little bit more competitive, I feel like, to really have a a rival in a sport like this, um, in the scenario that Nebraska is in. Uh, so anyway, uh, Kansas State and Nebraska are looking at potentially having a matchup next season in Kansas City for a neutral site. Uh, could be interesting, um, you know, which, uh, would my question for listeners as well is who out of the big 12 do you wish that you could play is it kansas state uh do you wish you could go back and play texas 
Kansas? Would you rather play Oklahoma? Uh, old Big 12 schools like Colorado or Missouri, do you do you wish you could play them? Uh, Iowa State, you know, uh, let me know who it is that you wish they were getting a game scheduled against, or if you're happy that it is, in fact, Kansas State. Uh, for point of reference, the uh, Kansas State Wildcats finished 95th overall in BPI for this year. Um, according to ESPN, uh, I'm sorry, 97th, rather. Uh, they finished exactly 16 and 16 on the season. Um, and they, in Ken Palm, were uh, 90th overall with 177th ranked offense, but a 40th ranked defense and the 19th ranked uh, toughest schedule per Ken Palm. So uh, I believe most of their key pieces are returning, I think. Um, yes, I, I haven't quite honed up on them. That'll be uh, obviously something to do much later in the offseason at this point, um, given all the uncertainty with uh, the current climate and also the fact that we don't even know necessarily that the game is a for sure thing, um, just rumored in talks right now. So with that, that is what we have for you for tonight. And we certainly hope that you keep uh, checking in as we get through this off season together. Uh, we'll have more news on uh, schedule as it develops. And starting soon, we'll be doing a series breaking down the history of all the Big Ten arenas. Uh, hopefully we'll be having on as much as possible writers from other Big Ten sites on SB Nation talk about their arena history. We'll look at where uh, programs started, uh, some of the big games that they've had, their record there, some of the special things that they do. And we'll be releasing those in accordance with our ranking system of number 14 uh, best arena in the conference to number one at the end. So, uh, Definitely won't want to miss that. It should be a lot of fun. And uh, if you don't already, be sure to subscribe to Coordination, uh, Coordination, Coordination Radio for all the different podcasts. There's now the uh, Paloma podcast. There's Five Heart podcast. And, of course, Up Bangerings and Daggers and the Big Red Copcast. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Sparty on Huskers and follow the podcast at bangs and dags. And in the meantime, you stay classy and wash your hands. <laughs>